2: It's Ryan, it's Shane, it's Flames Nation Radio, episode 60, delivered to you by DoorDash and also brought to you by Eau Claire Distillery, Rupert's Whiskey, the makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames.
3: How are you, Shane? I am still reeling from the greatest football game I've watched in three years. Um, I don't know if you're watching, but I know Retro uh, on Barnburner, he's a big uh, Bills fan. So I, I just, I decided to wear my jersey today to rub it in. Um, uh, Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL, and that—that's that, how we're I, on. I
2: did not watch the game because there was just too many things going on that day. And I was just laying on the couch, being like, "I'm just going to do nothing today." And I, I stand by that decision, you, but I do kind of regret not watching the game.
3: There was, I think, there was like two minutes left, and I told on the clock, and I told Mo I was like, "Oh yeah, the Vikings should lose this game; should be done in like three minutes." It was thirty minutes later. And when Patrick Peterson picked off uh, Josh Allen for the dub, and I went running for a lap around uh, a wrap around the alleyway uh, because I couldn't believe it. So (laughs) (laughs) it's uh, it was all in all good. Um, And uh, yeah, I'll take the dub. I'll take it's good, good, good for them to win. And then uh, so for you,
2: for you, Rupert's whiskey is a celebration whiskey.
3: Absolutely, week. we we were we were celebrating uh, Christian Dara Justin Jefferson, Patrick Peterson, and Kirk Thuggins, baby. That's, that's what we were doing. Well, let's let's jump into the rundown
2: because much like for for Shane and his beloved Vikings, this was a, a fairly good week for the Calgary Flames. They played three games. On the first game, they ran their season high losing streak to seven games. It is they played good. It, they've played i would say this of the losing streak long you know the streak is dead long live the streak uh i'll say this about the losing streak they played poorly enough like they played bad in what the nashville game were two,
3: two out of seven games they were like the two clearly seven they game. were the the decidedly worst team there's a few games four where out of seven they were better
2: they were a few well there was a few games that they were in it and then they just let it get away and that's you know, we we talk about finding ways to to win. This is a team that found ways to lose for seven games. It's just mistakes, bad times, and then they played. Let's start off with the the Thursday game. Thursday night, they were in scenic Boston to play the Boston Bruins, and they lost three one. It was a very close game. It was essentially a a two one game for most of the duration. It was close. It was good. They played just poorly enough to lose. Dan Vildar was sharp, but he couldn't steal them the game. He he was he, he, he was held the though. minutes. Uh, goal tending was not the reason the Flames lost three one. They just couldn't get that proverbial next goal. They needed someone to just get that next goal for them to make it you know a two one game when it was tied, or to make it two two yeah. when it was two one, and they just couldn't get it. When yeah. they played Winnipeg, though, they came home uh, for Saturday night, played Winnipeg, and they won three to two. It was. A tight game, but the flames were the better team through the through most of it, and they stayed on top of their of their players they, they obviously you know they were they were they were good when they when they needed to be, and they were occasionally very good when they needed
3: to be. and I think they were the deserving victors Winnipeg ugh, they they winnipeg were, Kyle they were, i I have never seen Kyle Connor take more uncontested shots from the slot and not scoreable like that that that's what that's the one thing I saw Kyle Connor get three or four. Prime looks right between the hash marks. And he and he, he missed score. the net a bunch of times. And Markstrom stopped a couple. But I was like, I think he was credited with two shots, and then maybe he had another three or four that were just I have no you idea. Leave. Kyle Connor's a top ten goal scorer in the NHL and he was just left uncovered multiple times. It was it baffled me. Like okay. if, if there's any one guy you need to make sure you know of where he's at and covered on the Jets, uh since Ehlers is hurt, it's Kyle Connor. Like not Shifley, not Wheeler. Not anybody else. It's Kyle Connor. And they just, I couldn't, I'm watching him. I'm specifically watching him on the ice, not the puck. Anything. I don't always watch the puck. And I'm watching him skate and I'm watching him just roll off and then no one follow him. And that to me, I was like, y'all need to figure that out. Because that, that was a big error and they're lucky it didn't burn them. Lucky.
2: They were, they were better, I'd say, generally for five on five defense against the LA Kings. Uh they ended up winning a game that was much closer than it really should have been. Six to five. Uh yeah. the Flames won. Blowout. Uh to to quote uh assistant coach Ryan Husky, who joined us post game in the media lounge. Uh you're not gonna win many games giving up five goals. The Flames well, I'll say this the they gave up a power play goal, which that'll happen. It, I didn't like uh Nazim country's penalty, but it was it was a penalty it was a penalty caused by turnovers and, and Kadri had to basically hook back and hook a guy to prevent, to try to get the puck out, which you don't want to do it. It was a bad penalty to take and it led to a goal, but it was also like a penalty caused by just general disorganization. Uh, The the second goal also, also by Arthur Callie. actually, I'll say this about the, uh, we talk a lot. We say a lot of nice things about the Flames penalty kill. I'm going to throw some rocks at the penalty kill right now. Uh, So Victor Arvidson made a nice pass uh, from below the goal line across the slot to Arthur Kaliev, who was pinching in from the right point. It was a nice pass. It was a nice shot. I didn't think the pass is something they should have been able to do, considering if you're been, a penalty kill, huh? you should have that four-man box, or even just the triangle with the rover right around home plate to prevent those kind of high-octane passes. Like, if nothing – if. If you're penalty killing, they should maybe be able to get some stuff from the from the point, but you should be able to get things through. So, no, nothing through the
3: middle of the ice. That's a good shot. Give everyone everything from the outside, and and then those those cross ice passes are what burn you the most. And the one that stings in my skull is the Jamie Alexiak cross ice pass goal from uh, the playoff bubble. And anytime anyone can get a Royal road pass through where through multiple your PK should yeah. be, you, yeah. you yeah. should, you should get torched. They should score that goal and you yeah. should feel shame for letting that happen. Like so they, the
2: flames, I think generally yeah. speaking that the, 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 the penalty by Kadri and the general defensive disorganization speaks to how the Flames started that game, but then they got their wits about them. Uh, I did not like the second Kaliev goal. It was a really good effort. I'm not saying it was it was a good effort, but you also feel you also feel gotta feel bad for Jacob Markstrom because he plays he plays a scoring chance. It goes past the net. So he's like, okay, never mind
3: then. Starts getting up and then the puck goes in off him. Like that's just Well, you, if you watch that video, he very clearly tries to shove off and get back. And he you can watch his leg. He shoves and then he doesn't go anywhere. And then as soon as he doesn't go anywhere, is it's, an, Alleya, it's an
2: awkward position for the goaltender to move in I think,
3: I think he tried to push instead of like, goalies can move side to side easily. It's he was upwards, challenging the shot facing and he needed to turn his body and then kick off and come back. And he yeah. didn't have enough. He had he to do a lot space. of,
2: he had to do a lot of small things like, that try, takes try, an effort try, all at once. And they're all awkward wearing that much padding. So and you have to twist your body and move your leg and push with enough but velocity again, to get back again how like so the, the puck goes past the net Kaliev chases it down and hucks it on net great move by Kaliev i don't know why Kaliev had an open lane even behind in the below the red well, line there was two kings the
3: there there was two kings there one flame flame wasn't covering the guy that got the puck that's, that's and, and then and then because Markstrom he did the right things everything right first square up for the shot the rebound is supposed to be controlled by these skaters to walk away stop yeah. goalies goalie can't be in charge of stopping all there
2: was there was no time. nil for puck retrieval on that and nil no. for and, any and, kind and, of zone protection so that's it's credit, a credit a
3: lot of things went wrong there well credit to, also to arthur kaliev who was a goal scorer he was always yeah. been a goal scorer and he has a, a wicked hard shot so um, an i don't know how shot. he He's became just... a 32nd overall pick i don't know everyone at the draft was talking about him being a top 15 but it's a steal for the Kings, and they yeah. and he's already playing top power play, top Fuda nine. and Unetti,
2: man. FUDA and Unetti. They know where to
3: find guys. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also didn't like the Copatar goal. The Kopitar goal, there was no one in front. He, it, it was the a Kopitar goal. I, I was sitting I was sitting next
2: to one of the people who cover the Kings, uh, John Rosen, uh, who now I believe he's with Forum Report, formerly at the Athletic and a bunch of other places. So anyone, if you're in the LA area and you want to follow the Kings. I'm just giving a cheap plug to form Report because John's a good guy. Uh, but John mentioned, I'm I'm like,
3: hmm. We'll blame okay.
2: He's like, he's like, I bet you they thought he'd pass it. Cause Kopitar is habitually a very good passer. He's a very unselfish player. So if you're the, if you're the flames and granted it's four on four and the flames are kind of disorganized, uh, uh, Ryan Husky alluded to the flames were just making mistakes, double covering the wrong guy. As in, instead of you go to your guy and I go to my guy, we both go to the wrong guy, and so Kopitar is open. So if you leave Kopitar open, he's not a bad player.
3: He and no, that, he's that's a that's Hall of Fame hard, player. I'll say
2: this: talking to goaltenders, the the low stick side is the hardest thing to save.
3: Mm-hmm. But and he had time, he had space and time. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it was there was no trap. Like when the shot was released. Markstrom had a very clear line of sight, and the shot came from the top of the circles. That's yeah. something you he want saw it the whole way. The get. shot just beat him. Yeah, so that that's that's one that I'm like, okay, hey, that you have. To it hack. was it's that's a Hall of
2: Famer you. cranking off a shot from the from the top of the circles. It's you know you, you give him enough, you give uh, Jose Kopitar enough cracks at it, he's going to score that goal, and he happened to score that goal. So yeah, I'm not so, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disparage the goaltender too much, but there's a ooh. there's a bunch of things you know we we we've covered enough. Jacob Markstrom to know that Jacob Markstrom thinks that Jacob Markstrom should should allow zero goals a game. Mm. And every time he gets up a goal, he looks at the, at the video and goes, Hmm, what did I do wrong there? Which well, is probably the way you want
3: your goalie to be wired. I'm okay. Criticizing him there because I'm going to compliment him because he made an actual game saving stop on Kopitar. In the last oh, with like seconds. 20 seconds left. So yeah, was that out. was going in. If Markstrom didn't completely throw his body over a la flurry in the cup final against the red wings. He dives over, not even, like, there's no rhyme or, or rhythm to it. He's just trying to get in front of the puck, and he stops Kopitar uh, with a flailing arm, I think it was. It hit his arm, I believe. And, and of it course, didn't go in. And, and then of course and
2: We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the windmill.
3: Yeah, oh, we need to mention the greatest save. I love that. And the best part is, is uh, I think Mike Gould and a bunch of other people are like, Oh, look, he made the Brett O'Bara save. He read O'Bara save. And I, I freaking text my dad and my dad's like, dude, Bill Ranford. My dad's like, like, do these kids not know who Bill Ranford is? And I'm like, no, they don't. They have no knowledge of the NHL before 1997. Former Bruins slash Oilers great Bill Ranford. But yep, that, like, for and, and I was thinking of uh T- Tim Thomas and Dominic Cassick used to like do the freaking flailing saves all the time. But shout out, shout out to the yeah, that Bill Ranford reference because I thought that was like, I was like oh, that's nice. That's There's a, we're
2: making a few old Oilers and Bruins fans very happy with these references. But yeah, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought against the the Kings, the Flames did a lot of good things. Uh, they took away the Kings' hope for a while, and then uh, the four on four goal made it uh, made it. Actually, that the 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 goal the so the planes were up at one point. Was it five to three? Five
3: three. I think it. Yeah. Yeah, it was five was two. The then no, it uh, was it was five two. Then five three. Then six three. Yeah. So and the then five, six, four, the, five, then five, six five. the
2: third the third king's goal was a dump a mm-hmm. uh, a point shot that missed then entirely and then it, a lucky bounce right to Fiala to fall far Quick post. Quick hands two. too. Can't yeah. it's a great play. Really heads up play. Some sleepy defense. I thought the Flames were really good for about 30, 40 minutes of the game. And in spurts, they were a little bit sleepy. And the Kings took advantage of their sleepiness. The, the four-on-four goal was another bout of sleepiness, I think. A little bit of disorganization. But you got to have credit where it's due. The the new lines
3: were good. Huber, All, four. Goal. All four lines with a five-on-five goal the first period there together. Correct, me, can, can correct, correct
2: me if I'm wrong. You'll tell me if I'm, if I'm misremembering this six different goal scores.
3: Yeah, there were six different goal scores and the first four in the first period were all five on five by all four, each by it in each, the, each uh, line. Lines, and then, so. and then Rzichka got the second five on five goal for his line. Yes. Yes. And then the power play goal. Yeah. So, right. I mean, it's,
2: lane. it's the kind of, it's the kind of win. Lindholm got the power play goal yeah it's uh, the kind of win where you look at and you go okay well was the goaltending good the goaltending was good when they needed it to be good but it could have been better how was the power play power play was good penalty kill was pretty good uh their their five on five play was good except for some coverage sloppiness which they're working on it i think uh they've been they're rolling through a bunch of different defensive pairings i thought, thought it was really funny that uh uh, after the Winnipeg game, Gerald Sutter remarked that they hadn't found the, the magic pairings on magic the blue line yet, and then they basically kept rotating defensemen in the first period. Uh, and part of the second period too. They didn't, they didn't, did not use uh,
3: much pairs, Nick, really, Simone. They left Simone on the D Simone on the bench, and they cycle. They're loving Zadorov's play right now, and to be fair, he's backing it up with strong play. So when I'll say this about about Zadorov
2: Zodorov can't carry a pairing on his own. No. Zidorov with say a Uyghur or a Tanev or an Anderson, sure. Uh Z Zadorov with a D Simone, not as good. With a Mackie, not as good. With a He's worked he's worked not as super
3: good super well with Uyghur so far, which is why which is what, like when I when the when my ideal pairings, uh, if and knock on wood, when everyone's back and healthy, that's under current. Are you contact. thinking?
2: Are you thinking Rasmus Anderson, Noah Hannifin, Yep, Tan Uyghur, Ta- Uyghur Zadorov, and then Tanev Shillington.
3: Yes, and then you don't really and have then Stone's your seven. Pair. Yeah, and Stone's your seven. You don't have you don't really have that's a third fair. pair. You have someone that you've constantly rolled out against top competition, and so when you're at five on five, you can just roll. And and I and I, would, like, I would think
2: that makes that makes the pairings more balanced and I think well then, then if someone have you have someone
3: that can be your puck movement guy in all three pairings and you don't have to pick a like part of what Calgary's been doing the last two years to find their defensive success for their defensemen is putting them in the position to succeed and not giving them heavy defensive zone starts with those three pairings that you just mentioned you don't really need to worry about who's in the defensive zone. You, you can just have put someone guys out there. Each all, – all three lines, you're covered, right? Whatever. So you can – if you're really concerned or want goals, you can just load Hannafin and Anderson up with offensive zone starts then. And then you have your two best offensive defensemen always working in the offensive zone. And it's, then It's or, ideal,
2: or, And And I think it gives you the ability to, uh, like you said, knock on wood, potentially – Chris Tanev is a great D zone guy. Like you can give Chris Tanev D zone starts for days and he'll give you really reliable minutes. That's kind of why you go out and get a Chris Tanev because once you have that, it gives you the ability to do a lot of different things. But I'll say this, the Flames are missing Oliver Shillington's puck movement in the sense that I think is the best guy on the team amongst the defensemen in terms of puck retrievals down low. And then, you know, a couple steps, couple uh, steps, quick pass, quick pass, they're out. Or, figuring out where holes are and using a speed to get separation and jump into the rush and then get separation and, ju- and jump back. So I think those are the kind of things they're missing, but yeah, but I, they, I,
3: agree, I agree with you completely. Based on their use of their sixth D-man with the injuries right now, I would not be surprised oh, at any point D-man. in time. They don't we have see, a 16-man. They don't. Well, they don't. They have and five that's, why that's what and I'm about to say. Somebody is,
2: who's just hanging out
3: the prototypical Brad true living trade deadline ad of a fourth round or a third round or fifth round pick for a depth defenseman. I would almost bet money that we'd see that I'm not going to, but I would almost bet money that that happens at some point, but the cap,
2: the cap situation makes it challenging
3: till you and throw right now, yeah. right now.
2: Right now, like once Michael stone's back, maybe you can figure that out. And honestly, once Michael stone's back, maybe you don't need it anymore, but well, I, think, I, think I think you need for it for insurance purposes. This is the first time they've really had injuries. Since Daryl, S- since the Daryl Sutter regime started yeah, anew, and I think I th- this is I'll say this: you never want to have a team get in, in injury trouble because it's never good. There's never a time where you're like, man, you know what? I don't think there. Was, I don't think Brad Living was sitting in his office being like, you know, after after he made all the trades and all the signings after they signed Kadri and going. Man, you know what I want? I want to see how we do with no like take away Shillington, no Shillington, don't know he's coming back. You know what else? Take away Stone, take away Tanf. We don't need him. I want to see how we do without them. They did not. It's not like you're. Not it up. Well. It's not like you're 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 writing out the the plan for the season. You're going. You know what I want to do? I want to be using Nick DeSimone and Dennis Gilbert as a defensive pairing against Boston. And Boston's undefeated at home. And
3: eleven to, an eleven and two Boston. Yeah,
2: eleven and two Boston, who's undefeated at home. Because you know why? I we don't have the cap space to bring up uh, Nick Beloge, so let's just use the guys that are a little bit less expensive and see how they do. Well, I mean, it's a good
3: benefit for guys to. It's it's a good situation for guys that want to or are fringe players. You know, if you sign, yeah, you, if you sign that lesser contract, there, there could be a spot for you. Like teams are in cap crunches.
2: Decent own signed a less like or uh Nick Malosh. 950 for Nick Malosh ain't bad. On a one-way, he's earned that money. But problem the problem is I don't Guess think what? You, you can't come and play right now. All the all the weird cap stuff. So I think that should do it. Yeah. The Flames win two out of three games. The losing streak is over. The winning streak technically has not begun because you need to win three games for it to be a streak. But in the words of Luke Brown from Major League, they've won, they won yesterday, they won today. they win tomorrow, that's a winning streak. Uh Let's move on. Shane, player spotlight.
3: spotlight.
2: Player spotlight. So we were talking before we started recording, and I wrote about this on the site on on Wednesday morning. I've really liked Adam Rzecica on the wing, and so just just so folks know, Adam Rizicka, tall, drink of water, tall, jacked. He's got the good hair. He's got the good face. He basically, you know, if you were if you were trying to. Imagine what you want a hockey player to be. Well, you probably tick most of the boxes that that uh, Adam Zidichka ticks. Uh, he's got this, and because he's got the size and he's got the scoring ability, he's been a center pretty much since he was a kid. He plays fourth. He's the big kid. They put him up to the middle because that's how you win hockey games, and he won a lot of hockey games in Slovakian junior and in Czechian junior. And he got called up. In, he got uh, put in the import draft. He got selected by the Sarnia Sting. Big mm-hmm. kid. Threw him up the middle. He was he really did well in Sarnia. He did he did well in uh I forget the other team he was in. I'm Sudbury. I, Sudbury, thank you. Yep. Sudbury too in their playoff run. So he was he was always a, a center. They never used him on the wing because he's always one of the bigger kids in this team. And typically you move your tiny centers to the wing to to help them succeed. And then you move them to this, you move them up the middle once you have a bit more success. They never one need three, to do that yeah. with Rosiczka. In the AHL, he played three years in Stockton. Always up the middle because, granted, a uh, Stockton didn't wasn't really you know flush with with centers and, and Spunt, really he was always bigger than the, was really good in the AHL and he's bigger than the other centers they had so he's always been played center. So this is my long way of saying Adam has never really played the wing. Uh, he no. played one game during the preseason because during the during the off as you might have noticed, the Flames made some moves and so up the middle to start the season until Kevin Rooney turned out to be so-so in his role, but yeah. they, they, on paper, they had Rooney, who was an established NHLer in, the, in a bottom six role, and he seemed like he'd be a guy who could, pl- who could fit a lot of uh, niches for them. And then you have Backlund, Kadri, and uh young Lindholm. master Lindholm. So none of those three Maybe. guys are going to move to the wing. Uh, no. So
3: Sutter said that, too. He's like, he, he, when they put Razichka on the wing at camp, he was like, well, look up the middle. You think you're cracking that?
2: Yeah, <laughs> so he played one game on the wing, and – I'll say this: I love you, Connor Zary. We don't mean this to be mean. I don't think throwing Ruzichka on the wing in a throwaway preseason game against Seattle, with your center is a 20-year-old kid who's in his first NHL camp, Connor Zary. He had a good camp, but he wasn't in danger of making the team. Uh, and Sonny Milano on the other wing, who just was tremendously unimpressive. He he did not look like he was trying to make a team. He looked like he was trying to remember what day it was, or how many how many days he had left. Wait, try- waiting for
3: of. his contract, entitled to he, contract. It, so. He
2: is. He, he was. He seemed like he was waiting for someone to tell him where to be at all times. So, oh. when the the connecting guy on your on your line is a twenty year old kid, a really good twenty year old kid, I don't think that's recipe for success. So, uh, you know, Rizhko was not terribly impressive in his one game. He didn't really look. Uh, Daryl used the term. He wasn't efficient on the wing. I would agree with that. He also seemed like he didn't really know exactly where he's supposed to be or what he's supposed to be doing. So he played one game on the wing or in preseason. He played one game on, as fourth line center. Uh, ironically, both those games were in Seattle uh, during the regular season. Uh, and he was, eh, he, you know, the the flames, the flames weren't playing well. That was a game where the flames uh, blew that late lead to Seattle and ended up losing in regulation to Seattle, uh, First time Seattle's ever beaten the Flames. They did short bench. You didn't see a lot of Rizicka, and when we did see him, he was fine. He was, you know, let's nothing about Rizicka's play in that one game in the regular season at center made you go, "That guy needs to play more." So it was really easy to put him back in the press box. Uh, with Huberto injured, they had to throw him in because they had to have cap space. Kind of working. They had they didn't have an extra forward on the trip outside of Rizicka, so. They were like, all right, throw him in there and see how he does. And this will shock you, but playing with Elias Lindholm, who's really good, and playing with Tyler Defoley, who's pretty good to very good depending on on who he's playing against, it worked. And their games, in four games, Roditschka has four points in that role, and he looks more and more comfortable and more and more at home in that role. And I, like, I really, really like the details of this game against L.A., he was, I, I, my only complaint about Ruzichka is I wish he would throw the body around a bit more. Like he's the kind of guy he that
3: uses it effectively
2: though. He, he's great at positioning. He's great mm-hmm. at using his body to box guys out. I just wish he would throw a hit or he, shove a guy or be. I think he needs to be a little bit more of a prick on the ice. Cause he's, he plays too nice. He's really good. And I think that's, I think when you get into more competitive situations and sort of get his juice going a bit, I think you can have him be that kind of a prick on the ice. I think you can teach him that, but if that's the, if, if the, if my big complaint about Adam is is, I don't think he's being mean enough. Then that tells you he's doing a lot of good things because I had to go pretty far down my list to be like,
3: to find I, the complaint of, I don't like how nice he is. I love when center prospects that have played center for a long time, go to the wing because they know what the center wants to do or where their center should be that's like that that's one thing that if you raise if you're if you're a winger and you're come through minor hockey or winger and you always play wing and that's the only thing you know how to do it's great but you also don't know how to read the situations and where the center might be a little to the right here or off to the left because that's where the support should be coming from rizic can know that the other thing he does is he's uh, he's more effective with his body positioning on the boards Tyler Toffoli, we talk about him all the time about how great of a board player he is. He's great at having the puck in space and getting it off the boards. He's not so good at getting the puck on the boards on the forecheck. That's where Razichka has thrived. He's been the guy, and he said so too. He's got that long stick too. He's been the, He's the guy, he comes in, he establishes positioning, and then he fights for the puck. He's strong enough, he wins the battles. And then he immediately knows to get it up the boards to either Toffoli or or around the other side of the boards up to the defenseman, whether it's Zadarov or weaker, and then establish that board possession until there's space. And he's doing that more effectively on that line than Huberto did. That's not blasphemy. I love Huberto playing with Michael Backlund right now. Michael Backlund's never played with a weapon uh, as skilled as Huberto, and I think that could unlock some things that people might see. People might be underrating how much of an impact Backlund can have. But Razichkas fits so well. He's The other thing is, just off the rush he can just read plays and be deadly and knows how to get to the net. and like you said that long stick it prevents it 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 allows for a better target. you know you you lead you don't pass where the player is you pass where the player is going. Well, you can give Rika quite the lead with the reach he has. it's it's just a benefit that a player his size can have. and usually six foot four guys get lumped in minor hockey as a defenseman. It's a pleasure to be able to have one. As a forward, skilled forward with decent hands and a great shot and a fantastic offensive instinct, it's about giving him the constant opportunity. Slapping him between and, two guys that aren't good finishers or aren't good skaters aren't going to help him. He needs let's to say be this. playing with skilled players.
2: What? Okay, just off the top of your head, what draft class was he from?
3: Uh, twenty. Well, they didn't. They don't have anyone from the twenty eighteen class playing. So I'm going to say seventeen.
2: He was. He was a fourth rounder in seventeen. Uh, mm-hmm. so the Flames just recently had their first round pick from 17 claimed off waivers. Uh, yeah. They do not Valimaki. have used And I think that, I think what didn't work with Bellamacki can really be instructive for the Flames in terms of what can work with Ruzicka, Because I think, you know, if you're looking, uh, if, if we're being blunt about this, what was the path for Bellamacki to be a regular on the team? not just this year but the last couple of years they've since always, the coaching
3: change it was it I would was... even
2: argue before the coaching change like wow. even under Bill Peters his his mm-hmm. role was sort of fuzzy and i would say i would say for the flames for for getting forwards to the nhl they've been sort of iffy in terms of roles because sam bennett was basically he was a center and then he was a winger and then he's a center again the best guy they've done this with was Andrew or Andrew Majapani because Andrew Majapani never played center yeah, and he can point.
3: put him on the wing. Yeah, so they right? just
2: threw him on the wing, and when he came in, he happened to have the the benefit. That he came in that one year where the, there was an opening on the fourth line. He came up mid season and he had a very clear role. They said, "Hey, check the shit out of these guys," and he was playing with with uh, Derek Ryan, who's a really Garnett good Hathaway. positional center, and playing with uh, with Garnett Hathaway, who's a really good physical winger, a good energy guy, and it worked. Because all three guys had the things they did well, and they complement each all, other really
3: well. All three of them also ended up with tremendous defensive metrics. Garner Hathaway is kind of like one of them role players that get got away, like one that got away. Like he ended up being, he's been a fan, he's been well worth more than the one point five he's getting in Washington. But man, in, retros- Pan, in also retrospect, had, maybe the Flames should have kept him because did, I, in they, they've
2: basically been trying to fill that role, and I sin. think I think Trevor Lewis does that pretty well. But I think Trevor Lewis's skill set is a little bit different
3: and nine years of age let's yeah. let's just let's just and and hundreds and hundreds of hockey games um but man didn't have to worry about offense like hey no, you're gonna come you're gonna play but, with but, these two but, guys there and are then the offense was guys a, the offense was a plus though yeah any scores a bonus just work just just be consistent and then,
2: and then what they did was they basically kept just roll the same but put it with more and more skilled players the started score goals. where yeah so, but but nothing like about his game. If you look at if you look at game tape with Majapani, his role and what success was in that role and what doing it well looked like was always the same. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the you know the expectations of well, you're a fourth liner, maybe you score ten goals, turned into well, you're a middle six guy, maybe you scored fifteen to twenty goals, and then he scored thirty five. So
3: <laughs> they needed something to spark offense. It, it had been. it's the number one issue like they're playing well the the number one issue is putting the puck in the net right now is putting in the net. So anything that inspired any sort of offensive click, which Rzichka did with Lindholm Lindholm's looked like a completely different player. Like, yep. that's my compliment. Lindholm's looked more confident. He's looked more like he's uh, more familiar. And maybe that's another prospect of Razichka being part of this system for three years and Hubert just coming into it.
2: And so, I, I was about to say that because, like, Hubert – like, Razichka has sat upstairs and watched the games and taken notes on video. And he's done his homework. And he knows the systems really well. And he knows Huska, and he knows he knows enough guys and enough about the system that when he comes in, they said, "Hey, you want to do this?" He, you know, and he knows he's played with Toffoli before. He knows Lindholm be, from being on the same team and from studying his game tape because he's a center, so he knows what Lindholm's going to do because Lindholm's a good center. I think. I think the the reasons why it's working are like that. I'll just say again, Sonny Milano slander here. That would. I really think Ruzicka. There's an urgency to his game. When he's on the wing, the last four games, we'll see if he
3: keeps it up, but well, he's fighting for a position too. Right? That's, that's the thing you can he's see. He's actually fighting every ship to stay you in can the see line.
2: He's, he's not looking around being like, where am I supposed to be? There's no, there's no nervousness in his game. There's varying degrees of confidence in terms that you can see in his body language, but there's also just to the idea of like, like the, 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 he, uh, he scored that goal Coming in as the trailer after, after uh, you know, Toffoli, Toffoli, and the referee positioning led to a turnover by Sean Jersey, and then uh, you know Toffoli Lindholm poked it up the up. middle to poked it over to Lindholm. Lindholm tried to toe drag to the front of the net, couldn't quite get it past Sean uh, the quick, but smart guy that he is, uh, Ruzichko goes, "Okay, I'm just going to go to the front of the net because I bet you if 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 the goalie stops it, the goalie stops it. If the goalie doesn't stop it, it's right there for me." And it was right there for him. So he just, he picked up the scraps, but that's a confident play. That's not a, what it's, you know, it's not the, what am I supposed to do? with?
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
2: there's no awkwardness or, or tentativeness in that play. It was basically oh. the, well, I'm going to go to the net. Well, why not? And,
3: right? and it's, and it's uh, maybe, you know, you know, after you go to the net, you can hustle back and get back into your spot. Uh, and I think maybe Jonathan Huberto is still thinking about, okay, well, where do I need to be defensively? So I'm not going to get in trouble or benched or moved? Cause right at this point of the season, we've seen people benched. We've seen people booted out of the lineup because of their play. We've seen people shifted and shuffled in every way, shape and form. And, You know, maybe just maybe just having like he needs to get to a point where he's not thinking about everything and just doing. And that's that's that doesn't take 20 games. That doesn't take 20 games. And when, when you're a winger and you have to adjust to how the center plays, that's another thing entirely. And let's be real. None of these centers are playing like Sam Bennett. Right, like Sam Band and Florida isn't yeah. playing and keep the puck on the boards. They're up the middle of the ice and, it's and a much, passing.
2: I would I would say the flame the Flames play very structured, where the Panthers play like jazz. And if you're only used to jazz, then well, it takes a while. But, but Panthers, who's the opposite of jazz? I'd say Michael Backlund's the opposite of jazz. Where Michael Backlund's basically Swiss efficiency. He's just a metronome in terms of where he is at any point in the ice. So if you're trying to if you're trying to take the noise out of Huberto's game. I can't really think of a better guy to put him with.
3: Well, that might and, and the other thing, I think I, I mentioned this on Twitter. Backlund uh, he gets the reputation for defense. And so everyone always like assumes, okay, he's defending, he's defending. He's not. He spends more of his time in the attacking zone than he does the defensive zone. He's he gets more consistently more shot attempts not classifications be damned he gets more shot attempts for than against six to four in order to do that you need to be in the offensive zone enough yeah, the, to the, do the, such the, a
2: thing. if you want to if you want to say something negative about about uh, Backlund, the worst thing you can say about Backlund is he's not a finisher
3: yeah he, he's more of a he's more of a just a defensive driver but and this is why i like when daryl says points are just a result of how you play if you play good defense you'll end up getting points the number one thing you need to worry about is your proper defense, and you know Michael Backlund's t- multiple time twenty goal scorer, multiple time forty points getter. Uh, you play him with Huberdeau, his potential goes up. But I mean, we're way off the Rosichka topic now. Like it just kind of bred into. I, I think Ruzicka
2: and Huberdeau but... are sort of intermingled, though. I think I don't think you can really talk about what's no, working with Ruzicka without getting some insight into what wasn't working and what could start working with Huberdeau.
3: Well, and then, you know, if and Huberto's a guy that he, everyone says is working hard and, and is always looking. Well, now you've got a couple games of, okay, well, what was Rosichka doing that I wasn't that is making Lindholm click? And you can yeah. go to the video coach and say, can I watch a couple of the things he's doing just to see if I need to do something different? Because if he's ever put back there, which, like, let's be real, eventually he will be, he's he- going to be back there at some point. He's well, now he's got a reference of what to do. But I mean, if for sure, <laughs> If the points don't stop, you can't take Ruzich away. That's the thing. Like Ruzich yeah. there until the dam dries up. So,
2: yeah. And for his for his sake, I don't think he. I, don't I think he's it, gonna. I, I. It'd be a great story if he just sort of stuck around for a while. Because that's just he's he's he he's a, he's a hardworking kid. He's put in the time he's in the minors. Skilled, he dude. showed so much promise last year, and
3: he's still he, super young. He's what twenty three. Twenty three. He's super skilled. He can't. He's he's waiver. He re- requires waivers. No team on. They're like Arizona would take him, or whoever's dead last would take him. Oh, it'll be
2: probably Columbus or Arizona
3: or or Chicago or someone. Someone's got a tank parked out front. Um, but they would take him in a heartbeat. So, uh, the Flames know he's a valuable asset. Now he's proving he's a
2: valuable asset. You ain't ain't waving a guy who can play center and wing, who's six four
3: and can score. (laughs) It's, it's Daryl's dream player, right? Like, he's, he's the big guy that can drive play. And he doesn't have to be on, like like I said, because he knows how the center works, you basically got two centermen out there. And they can work that's off actually, each
2: other. And if, and
3: if Lindholm wants to, and if, and if they can get to a place where Lindholm's in checking, well then, okay, well, Ruz, cover for him. Play back. You you should recognize that. And that's, things happen so fast, that's the kicker. You need to have high level intelligent, recognizable plays and players that can pick up on even the slightest change in what you're supposed to be doing. And centermen, naturally grown centermen can do that. And that's what Rizicke is. So I've just got nothing but nice things. And I'm just glad Warner talked about it on Barn Murder too, is the youth. There's a lot of veterans in this this team and not a lot of guys fighting for uh, contracts this year. Like there's no real oomph. So, you know, injecting someone that's young and still has something to play for and earn for, they can go a long way in invigorating the veterans and being like, all right, no, we need to be at his pace every single game. Like that guy, that kid that's working his butt off, can, I'm not there right now. The, I need the to word
2: get- the word I would use is disruptive, but in a positive way, because yeah. if somebody like him is pushing for time and they they need to find a spot for him, it makes everyone a little bit on their toes. And well, I think when, that, when that's happening, that's a good thing
3: someone's going to be like, well, well, am I going to have a job? What is going on? Like they love. Someone isn't
2: getting power play time because Adam Razicka is getting power play time. That's important.
3: That, yeah. That's less points. And, and, you know, and, and, and the, yeah. So in terms of the Razicka discussion, uh, I'm pumped. I think he's got more than enough skill to stay in the lineup. And I think he is with skilled enough players right now to show that. And that that's great because that causes a disruption at the bottom of the lineup. Anytime you put more skill into the lineup anywhere, I'm going to be a happy guy.
2: All right, let's move on to our Betway oh. discussion. Hey, I didn't do that Bet. bad. Organic betting discussion brought to you by Betway. Uh, so every episode on this on the show, we basically just shit all over uh, the hard work that Shane puts in on his yeah. Betway bets of the day. This will shock you folks, but it's called betting because it's not, not a sure thing. Yeah. You play responsibly. <laughs> Uh, And so Shane, every game day on FlamesStation.ca has his Betway best of the day, where he provides you with uh, a rationale and then three picks uh, from Betway that he's saying, you should try this because, and he provides yeah, yeah. you with a lot of detail. And unfortunately, because life and especially hockey is chaos, grown man with knife shoes on battling with weapons over frozen rubber and they're allowed to fight this is just a weird sport This sport shouldn't exist Best sport ever baby <laughs> it's freaking sport and i love it uh but because of all that chaos uh sometimes things don't go the way shane says they will uh or thinks they could uh yeah. so this week's pe- p- uh, picks shane did okay uh he had a couple of good games and one not so good game thursday against boston uh he bet bruin uh a bruins win and Pasternak to get one point or more that happened he bet Lindholm would get more than two and a half shots. Lindholm had two shots. You just missed it. Uh, and he bet uh, Bruins win and Brad Marchand would get one or more points, which also happened. So, thank you. Three, <laughs> much like Loaf, two out of three ain't bad. And, you know, he uh, he, he he did pretty well. Uh, the Flames won on, on Saturday against Winnipeg, but Shane did not. Uh, he bet yeah, I did 20, bad. his picks were Flames win and Kadri one plus one or more points. Kadri got zero points. He bet Kyle Connor two and a half shots over. He got two shots, so that did not convert. Yeah, I, and he bet total shots looks. over 63.5, as in 64 or above. Typically a good bet for the Flames, but they went under by several. It, it was a total of 58. So he went over on Saturday after going two out of three on Thursday. Uh, but the Money I learned. <laughs> yes, you did. The Monday night game, uh, he made some adjustments. So he bet... The only one that didn't happen, and this was out the window very quickly. This was this yeah. was like like this was I, like I, halfway like, through the game. Shane's like
3: you didn't even get nope. through the first quarter of your beer, and this bet was lost.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. He bet uh, under six and a half total goals. So as in, he went six or fewer, and they there was an eleven. There was eleven goals scored in the game. Calgary alone, basically destroyed the first
3: period the end of the first period i like i was like all right no more goals
2: <laughs> yeah it was a 4-2 four, four, game after 20 minutes and he was just praying for a for a defensive shell from both sides and it didn't happen so no. that would did not convert uh but the ones that did for him elias lindholm one or more points he got three points so that happened uh and total yeah. shots in the game under 62 and a half as in 62 or fewer they combined for 59 so two out of he had two games of two out of three. And one game of Ofer, but the Ofer kind of made sense. And if you're a Flames fan and you were betting on his picks, you're still kind of happy because they won. You were just, you know, you were just out of a little bit of money yeah. in your pocket. But I think collectively, Shane's picks probably brought you out ahead. Well,
3: both the shots on goal ones I missed, I missed by one. Uh, and and I'm pretty sure they both had looks where they missed the net. So, uh Oh, they, yeah. There's
2: basically a, a Kyle Connor for sure. Thing. Kyle
3: Connor had like at least three opportunities to at least hit Markstrom's blocker, and uh, he just missed the net completely. So, I, I personally, you can all personally address Kyle Connor for that one. Um, but the, the one thing I liked about the Kings game is the goals may have went in, but that's that's due to subpar goaltending performances from either side. Uh, the actual. Subpar defensive was, performances in both. Sides. Def- well, well, no, because the, the shot limitation was still there. Um, For the Flames, the Kings, the Kings, the entire Kings performance resembled nothing like their summarization would have ever put you towards Calgary was though, and the Lindholm, the Lindholm one makes me upset I there was an assist line for plus 200. And I was like, no, it's more likely the point. Let's go with the point it's less pays out less but it's more likely to occur you have more
2: possible you have more possibilities that result in in success there
3: but that's that's what i do when i do it like this is why like i want to bring it up for the people is like i weigh it i'm like is it worth to just do the assists or the goals or the points like what yeah it's more likely points because it covers both but it always pays less in terms of victory money um
2: but that's, those are the but, you got to make, man. So, so
3: that's, 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 well, that's, that's part of it, right? Like that's, that's, that's why I do it. I go, okay, well, that's why I do three bets too. And I, I always try to do one that's okay. Who's going to win uh, something to do with shots on goal. And then uh, someone to do something to do with points. Um, Typically someone on either team that's leading their team in expected goals percentage. And those one of these three
2: games, you should just do nothing but long shots. Be like, you know, I'm going to pick the the biggest, the biggest gonna, machine on each
3: team i'm gonna put in the get informed section i'll put uh at pike's request we're throwing this out the window i'm the four, just gonna you're pick, gonna three pick three the,
2: you're gonna pick a guy who was a healthy scratch the game before to score the game winner you're gonna pick the backup goalie to get 40 saves you're gonna pick Here? the trainer to
3: uh to somehow end up in the game somehow okay so here's an interesting thing that i've avoided specifically that would have been a lock previous years. Uh if the Flames were about to play the Kings, I would have bet the or the Jets, I'd have bet the over on penalty minutes. Because Matthew Kachuk specifically caused a lot of hiss-offedness, anger, whatever, with those people. He also apparently Hank Green hates him, apparently. But that's that's a whole nother thing. But uh that like I specifically thought about that because the games against the Jets, the Kings are were always violent and they're always full with multiple guys going to the boxes and fights and scrums. But take I've taken that out. Yeah, they still have Anderson and, and Zadarov and whatever, but the hate's not there anymore. It's the same thing against the it Oilers. Was, it was for the the two teams that were involved, it was surprisingly gentlemanly. It was even with the Oilers. All year long, this is the trend. The hate's not been there. It's not been the punch in the two, face.
2: Two fighting majors so far this year, and one of them was Dennis Gilbert. And if you had said to me, Ryan, Dick. at some point the season, Dennis I'd Gilbert have, will have half the ma- fighting majors on the team, I would say.
3: I'd have bet a lot I'd, of money. Which
2: team, the Flames or the Wranglers?
3: I would have bet a lot of money to tell you that Dennis Gilbert was not going to co-lead any category on the at Flames 15 <laughs> games in, at any point, and whether it's 15 or 30. 82 uh so yeah no (laughs) but that's the thing i
2: i hope i hope next week you have more two out of three games because two out of three is always fun because at least that way you learn something from the bet that didn't convert and the other
3: two you get to brag a little bit well yeah the offers the offers if if the if i get an offer the game went completely off script and the more games we play after 30 is when things get what's called regularized Where you can pick 30 random samples and it actually normal or sorry, normalizes the word, normalizes the statistical numbers and you get a generalization and you can start making generalizations.
2: So we're we're just we're our prediction is by Christmas, Shane will get really good or he'll just show that he's not very good at it at all.
3: Um yeah, my my prediction is uh, I should do a lot better from January to the end of the year than I do from now to January. Fingers crossed, of course. Fingers crossed. (sighs) Uh, let's move on to the listener mailbag, Shane. So we, uh, right before
2: recording, we went out, did a call and, uh, we, Shane, Shane quote tweeted my tweet and said, uh, I will answer anything. You'll answer anything. So, uh, let's just, we're going to have two of them. One is not a hockey question, Shane.
3: I I love this because it happened today. So it's relevant. And I'm a blue Jays fan. Uh, shout uh, out to
2: our partners at blue Jays nation. You can catch blue Jays nation radio throughout the season. Uh, with cam lewis and i forget who the hell else does it with him but it's always cam
3: i know i know yarim and zach tweet about uh the blue jays all the time too nice shout out to blue jays nation but anyway Um, so was the hernandez so for for people that don't know longtime blue jay teoscar hernandez was traded for a uh relief pitcher and a starting pitcher uh from the miami marlins and david uh, mariners sorry um Uh, Anyways, David Hutchinson uh, at 780 Dave Hutch asks us, was the Hernandez trade good value if they can land Nimmo or another power left bat? And I actually have an I I had a buddy um, in my group chat send me uh, something earlier from baseball trade values on Twitter at uh, baseball values. So it says today the Mariners acquired offensive fielder Oscar Hernandez from the Blue Jays in exchange for right-handed pitcher Eric Swanson and left hand pitcher Adam Mako. The deal is rejected by our model as an overpay by Seattle.
2: Yeah, so here's the, here's the thing with uh, with Hernandez. He's the right fielder, very good right fielder or left fielder, left fielder, uh, left fielder, good good left fielder. Well, he can play either side. Oh, right? That's a nice thing. But he's, he's right a fielder. he's a really versatile left fielder and actually uh, shout out to, to the athletics, Caitlin McGrath. She actually yeah, predicted this a few days ago. Uh, her prediction on the athletics site, they did a uh, a prediction for each of the, of the, the league's teams for a move they'd make. And she predicted very accurately that they would trade to Oscar Hernandez. And her rationale was this, uh, they got too many right-handed bats and it makes them difficult. It makes it challenge You know they were very happy with righties, and it makes it challenging for them to match up against pitchers uh, in different situations. They were okay with righty-righty matchups this season. Traditionally, though, you want to have some lefties because that way you can get a little bit better, uh, a little bit better matchups. And also, uh, Hernandez was, I believe, arb eligible and was slated to make something like I think uh, NHL or uh, MLB. trade tracker or something one of these sites did a did a projection of what he would probably get in arb and it was like 14 million bucks so if if the idea is you want to move george springer from center field where he has to run around a ton onto one of the sides so you can save his mobility a bit that's a plus you save the money from not paying hernandez that much and then you can go out and get another bat so i think i think that works there i really did not like the jays middle relief this year I, I thought they – I liked their closer. I liked their starting oh, rotation yeah. for the most part until got injured. Uh, but I think they just needed more pitching. And this – you know, they had enough bats. They, they were a kind of team that – I would say this. That I would say that the, the Toronto Blue Jays were in a lot of ways the Edmonton Oilers of baseball where they could they're, – if they're going to beat you, they'd have to have their offense going. And they they didn't really have the ability as much as they wanted to. To keep games low scoring and to just grind it out with good pitching, especially once you got past the rotation. So I think you take away Hernandez, you replace his bat with someone else, and then you make, take that strength and just add it to the back end of the of the bullpen. I think it's a it's a good value. It sucks though, because he was such a fun
3: player to watch. And Well, I mean, they need they need bullpen help so bad. Like, yeah. like, like and you even and I mean you can't well, have yeah, we well, you can't, I think, I think you ideally would want one. Kikuchi didn't turn out Rios on a decline. So ideally you'd want one more starting pitcher. So you can, uh, you can, uh, Stripling's, I think stripling left too. So I like you've got Gasman and Manoa and you need need one more. You ideally want, and well, you hope Barrios responds, but I, you still want one more pitcher. Um, you need left-hand bats. And I think, and, and all the talk is, uh, Springer switching from center to right. Um, the biggest fish in the entire outfield sea right now is uh, if well it could be Joey Gallo, but it's pretty sure it's Brandon Nimmo who is a left-hand bat. If you're truly going all in with the core you have, that's someone you probably should prioritize the left-hand bat you want to bring in. You don't want to be just casual about it. They do have a catcher. Like they could, I don't think they want to trade Danny Jansen, but if they can't address their out, like they've been very good at addressing their needs via trade if they need to, so, getting Matt Chapman um, specifically, um, if they need to address the outfield issues, they'll make a trade. Atkins and like they'll they'll get it done. They're they're here to compete. They're gonna make the move. So, Teo needed to go. It sucks. It sucks because the vibe in the dugout that he had with Vladdy was probably one of the most entertaining. Ever like if anybody hit a home run, just watching the reaction between Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez was kind of just bliss, and uh, I'm gonna miss that. But uh, they're still young and fun, so it uh, indeed they're gonna be young, Being and exciting and things with
2: better ability to manage games with better pitching.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and and honestly, bring in any, bring me any pitcher with um the pitching guru back there. Just give me give me any give me any pitcher. Let's see what he can do with it.
2: What do you what do you got for? Hockey questions or non baseball questions.
3: Non baseball, we got we had like three. Um, it wasn't wasn't you much. We, one. We, didn't, we didn't. To be fair, to be fair to absolutely everybody, we didn't give you very much time. Um, I'm um, ignoring all the Shillington stuff because we respect yeah, not, privacy not that. and that, that, saying, that. Um, this one's not bad, but I, I just want to just go through them all one more time. Uh, Flamenwerfer, I like the question. I would rather talk about roster people. Uh, it's Justin Temple, uh, 41 minutes ago. What is it about Sutter or a system that he seems to turn guys who have been deemed too slow or not skilled enough with other organizations into quality players with the Flames? He lists good Branson, Stone, Zadarov, and Ritchie as structure. examples Stru- um, structure and simple and instructions, identity, uh, too.
2: Yeah, well, because like when in the like, if you're especially if you're Brett Ritchie, let's say this about Brett Ritchie. Richie, you know Pat and I on flames talk you know I think Pat's like the the fan, the the president of the Brett Ritchie fan Club well I'm right and there with him I think <laughs> one of the things about him is he's not like in terms of role definition and what success looks like for Brett Ritchie like you go hey Brett Ritchie, you know what you do play straight line of hockey like it, so you it it's seems like, if you know like- go hit a guy and get the puck like it, it's the what his what his, he doesn't have a, a super high offensive ceiling but he's big he can move pretty well. He can, he's not afraid to throw his body around and he's decent at puck retrieval. And I think having all those attributes, I think Sutter's goes, okay, let's focus on what you're good at and then build a job around what he's good at.
3: Well, I, I touched, I think we touched on that a lot last year too. Good Good Branson is an example of that too. Why? Like Good Branson, they buried
2: buried Good Branson in the D zone. And then the entire role was, okay, well, you're a big dude. Who is hard to move around. So we'll just keep Put you in the yeah. offensive
3: zone with yeah. like We'll just feed you offensive zone starts. The one thing you huh. struggle at is getting out of your own zone. So what yeah. are we going to do? We're going to eliminate that from your game. We're yeah. going to eliminate. And, and then, and then
2: and when they didn't do that, it was when he was on the PK. And it was like, you had usually Chris
3: Tanev with him, who was good at retrievals. The defense, the defense is different uh, for those guys. He specifically listed to me. Because of the zone start uh, feeding and you're, I, like I said, you put the guy in a position to succeed. Like you, you, you don't, Sutter said it himself. You play, just because you played top four minutes on another team doesn't mean you knew how to play them effectively. Like learning how to play top four minutes is learning how to play them and doing them good. Just because you, did them doesn't mean you know what you're doing and so with zadarov stone and goodbranson specifically i think he put them in a proper situation with minutes and partners and zone deployment where they were able to relearn how to play effectively and under I'll, I'll with, say this. with the group too i'll the say man group richie's different though. let's I have thing let's, on let's not
2: let's not take credit away from ryan huska ryan huska no, yeah. inherited a bunch of new d-men and managed to stitch them together in a way that worked Mm-hmm.
3: oh yeah, no. I, what, do, I'm not what, what do you have? A, what is your point about Richie? Well, Richie, it's it, it's just the reliability of doing the simple things right. It, it seems like forever ago that Sutter took over, and someone asked, "Well, why is he still playing Richie?" And I was like, "Well, he's inevitable," and that's blown up since everyone memes the crap out of that now. But it's because when you get the puck to Richie at the blue line, it's out of the blue line. It's not turned over. It's not coming back. It's getting deep, and you. You can change or whatever. He's not all these fancy turnovers that happen in the neutral zone don't come off Brett Ritchie's stick, which is why you should have Brett Ritchie as your fourth line right wing every single time.
2: He's, he's either glassing out in the in the D zone or
3: glassing or, in or, on the o or zone. deep, or he's passing the puck off someone ahead of him to deflect it in, or he's the guy that's up there to deflect it in. But he does one thing really well, and that's he gets he he doesn't turn the puck over in the neutral zone, and he gets it deep. Score and then last year everyone was criticizing him from the scoring and I'm like, well, he's not. He's he's just getting the puck in deep and then they're chasing. Now him. he now he's showing him and now now our Alberta boy, he's here and he's scoring and he's getting PP two time and he's yeah he's PP three most of the time. It's it's recognizing what the player's good at and playing him with other players that play the same way. So all three of them work together. If you start putting Rich or when Richie got put with uh, Monaghan and Gaudreau, for instance, it's because they needed a guy. The puck wasn't getting deep and they were constantly turning the puck over and back checking more than attacking. Well, if now that you have Johnny's speed and Richie's tenacity, that the, you could see the concept of why you would try it at least. Why and part, you least and part of it.
2: that was the but, one of the retrieval guys before his body got destroyed on that line was Sean Monahan, And then when you take away Monahan's ability to do that as well, you have to, in order to keep the line working, you kind of either need to replace
3: him or replace that attribute. And Richie was the guy who could do that. And well, and his goal, his goal against LA was the exact, exact epitome of why he's so valuable. He was his forecheck that caused that turnover. And then it was his hustle to immediately recognize that the turnover could cause. I don't,
2: I, I don't think Alice Edler expected him to just come straight at him. He's just like, yep. okay, I've got a couple minutes to figure well, out what they, I'm doing they, here. And he's
3: like, Oh, shoot. I love, I love their forecheck. They send one guy, they keep two guys back. And then the defenseman back. And they send the one guy at the one uh, at the one defenseman. And if that defenseman and he, the, the, he gives them two options. You can either go D to D to your guy. Or you could try and force it up the boards. You're not getting the middle of the ice, and and, and so Edler usually they go, yeah. And so usually <laughs> Edler did neither because Richie was on him so quick. And that's that. That's the checking. That's the checking that Daryl talks about. Straight it's lines. don't give them time to think. Be on them. Be pursuing them. Win the I, race.
2: Win the battle. I absolutely love Blake Coleman's body language and that two on one where he's just sort of like coming in from the neutral zone, and being like, "Oh, I guess we're doing this then." Okay.
3: Yeah, like he all of a sudden, all of a sudden he's skating along and the puck's just on his stick with no, literally one defenseman between him and Richie. And it's like, okay, (laughs) like, okay. But I'm sure you hated that. So, yeah, I'm, you know, Pat to be the president, I'm vice president right there. No, you're the secretary.
2: You take the minutes of the meetings.
3: Yeah, that's fine by me. I'll take whatever position I, as long as I'm working with Patty, that's that's good. All Uh, right. Now,
2: coming up, Flames got a busy week ahead of them uh oh, so, thursday, so this is they're they're already east they're uh they have another they just came from a road trip they're on another road trip again in the eastern time zone which means a lot of weird game times so thursday night they're in tampa bay to pl- face the lightning it's a five o'clock start the flames will be wearing red because the lightning are wearing their reverse retros which are white and really weird looking if i, I might say i love them I, I think they're too busy. uglier uglier I don't jersey care. They're not more, for. Me. I love it. I, I, they're not. They're not trying to sell me a jersey. I'm not a Lightning fan, so it doesn't matter. I don't. They're not for me. Uh, then Saturday night, uh, actually Saturday afternoon, two o'clock start. They're playing the Florida Panthers. Uh, Florida will be wearing their cool-looking kind of sky blue uh, re- first retros. The Flames will be in white. Uh, Monday, they're in Philadelphia. That's a five o'clock start against the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers are wearing their regular damn jerseys. And then Wednesday, another five o'clocker against the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh, another five o'clocker. So there's a lot of,
3: yeah, a lot we'll of early start times. So,
2: you know, the nice thing is uh, this coming Saturday, the two o'clock game against Florida. You got game finishes at five. You have the whole evening to do something. Game, and then next at- Saturday, it's the same thing. Next Saturday, they're playing, I believe, the Washington Capitals at, at two at o'clock noon. start. So it's another game where the Capitals games at noon. Oh, yeah. The Catalyst game is at noon. Cattles That's a Friday noon. game. The Saturday game is Carolina. And Carolina, two. the game is at 5 or the game is at yeah. 2. So, again, so the next two Saturdays, if you're someone like us who've been used to very, very regimented start times and it's 8 o'clock every Saturday night, we're sorry. Next two weeks, it's a 2 o'clock start. Get some brunch. They have a
3: lot of they've got like nine mid, mid afternoons games this year. I know we I went through I'm it road, every on the like calendar it's, so we're knocking out like three weird games See, in this one road trip. Maybe one of the most important like Florida is getting their franchise leader in points back for the first time. So I'm very I'm upset that it's at 2 because I work that day and I'm going to miss all of the Hubert O'Weger celebration stuff that Florida I, I'm a I'm a sucker for that I love the nostalgia and the thank yous and the the appreciation of the service the player they'll, gave they'll,
2: you they're, they're gonna are they' gonna be doing a video package for the 20 the conditional 24 25 26 pick that may or may not be going to Calgary at some point
3: and then just, just no I think I think uh I think they'll just probably do Uyghur and I Twint will probably get shafted it'll just be
2: an empty him and his chair two career like a... his,
3: him and his two career games in a Panthers jersey will probably get shafted but uh Uyghur, Uyghur will, but more specifically, I'm very interested. When was the last time Florida ever had a player of Hubert relevance come back? Never, because he's their Probably franchise not. leading Probably scorer. Never. So Probably I'm very never. interested to see what Florida does for him because they no, never I'll say anyone. this.
2: I'll say this. Knowing a lot of people work in the Panthers organization, they're they're gonna do something nice. They'll they'll do mm-hmm. I think it'll be I and classy the way Panthers tend to do these things. But uh, it, it,
3: it, that that's that's kind of my like if you're if you want to get to the watch the game early, tune in, sit down a little earlier. Uh, there'll be a probably they're more than likely almost ninety nine point nine percent chance will be something pregame for them. No, it'll or be for, a, for,
2: it'll be or, uh, first
3: stoppage or whatever stoppage to play.
2: Yeah, there the whatever happens, it'll be TV timeout like it always is.
3: Well, sometimes if they're relevant, though, unless they're
2: unless they're retiring the jersey, it'll be TV timeout. The league has rules about this
3: now. Oh, there there you go. That's why. <laughs> Cause they used, they cause because they of all because the old Montreal ceremonies. Yeah, so but don't yeah, go for you, you 35 you minutes before fuck don't the mess drops. with the
2: broadcast windows, especially on a Saturday. At oh, Leigh's, yeah. Lee gets cranky about that. So that'll oh. do it for us. Uh, Flames Nation Radio is brought to you by DoorDash and Eau Claire Distillery, the makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, once again, make sure you're following us on social media. Make sure you're, fo- you're subscribed to the Nation Network YouTube channel. Make sure you bookmark the Flames Nation – uh, playlist on our YouTube channel to get all the sweet, sweet Flames Nation content. Flames Nation Live, Flames Nation Radio, Shot Down in Flames, and most importantly, right now, Barnburner. They've had a great. They've had a really good week on Barnburner. It's usually it's they, they have good quality weeks. quality guests. They had, they had friggin' Bo Levi Mitchell, someone who maybe I don't know if he's on the all-time uh, Mount Rushmore for calgary sports uh, icons he's definitely in the conversation especially the last 15 years he's synonymous with calgary it's, this, it's kind of sad to see him leave but he's you know a class act one of the you know best talkers and he's done a lot in the community so make sure you you seek out the, the Bo Levi conversation on the tuesday edition of bard burner and wednesday we got craig conroy and there their whole they didn't have, even had to plan out a show they said we'll have craig in say hi craig and then let's let him talk uh, that, another good show. So make sure you're, you're checking out all that stuff on our YouTube channels uh, and uh, make sure you're following the Flames Nation feeds for all that content. We'll just throw it at you as it comes available and we have content being added every single day. Uh, so for Shane, I'm Ryan. Thank you very much for listening, watching, clicking, shouting. Throwing things at us on the street, please stop doing that because I, my arm hurts now. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate it. we really appreciate all your time, love, and attention. And we'll see you guys in a week for yet another edition of Flames Nation Radio.
1: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans.